Welcome to the Level Up Podcast, brought to you by Century 21, the Harrelson Group, featuring masterminds with real estate leaders, coaches, and influencers, plus eye-opening strategy sessions with up-and-coming agents. You'll learn exactly how to go from agent to entrepreneur. And now, let's get to the latest episode of Level Up. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to the latest episode of the Level Up Podcast. We have a power-packed powerhouse episode for you, and we're talking all about how to really get out of survival mode, how to maximize the hot market that we're in right now, and prepare for the next market. And we've got a phenomenal guest with us. We've got Greg Harrelson here, of course, as always, and we've got Lars Hedenberg here with us as well, which the sum total of that means I'm not going to talk a lot on this episode. So this is going to be very easy for me. I'm basically going to let you guys, uh, I'm going to go have some coffee and you guys can talk and then I'll come back and we'll wrap up the show. Um, So first of all, Greg Harrelson, what's up, man? Hey man, and uh, I'm glad to be here as always. Excited to uh, to to uh, dive deep with Lars and see what he's got going on. I think he's got a lot of great great content and and, and nuggets that he wants to share with us. So ready to go. Let's 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 dig in. Cool. Lars, so before we do that, uh, just for anybody that's been hiding under a rock and doesn't know the, the both the team that you've built and, and the coaching organization that you're running um, that is very, very focused on helping people build and scale both uh, into teams and then teams and in, in, in into uh, to larger teams. But give people an idea, just 60 second kind of where you're at, where you came from and where you're at right now. Yeah, so I uh, started 2007, the exact moment when you didn't want to get into real estate. Uh, hindsight, it, it worked out really well. Um, as a lot of agents were sort of running for the hills I was building. Uh, spent the first five or six years, 2007 to 2013, sort of building a team on the right economic model, getting out of production, building the systems, the not-so-sexy work, failing a lot, a lot, a lot, uh, mishiring, and just all the things you could do wrong. I did it. I just did it really a lot faster than most. Uh, and then 2013, I sort of said, man, that was, that was horribly painful. I don't want others to suffer the pain. And uh, launched Real Estate B-School in 2013 and spent the last four going on five years really training the traditional agent that has an eye toward entrepreneurship, you know, as you guys uh, talk about on this podcast. And, you know, what's the step by step if you have the heart of an entrepreneur doesn't mean, you know, the systems, right? doesn't mean, you know, the first thing to do, the second thing to do, how to hire an admin, how to train them, how to hire that first buyer agent, how to hold them accountable and, and all the stuff, the the least sexy stuff you could do to build a business is the stuff that I focus on. And, um, and it's been a, been an awesome ride. We've had just huge success successes for our uh, clients. And, um, and I still have an active real estate business, number one team, uh, in the number one Keller Williams office in the world, uh, which is pretty cool. And so just being that practitioner and still suffering the pain every day, and then being able to coach on it, uh, you know, uh, I'm two two days in the real estate business, three days in the coaching business, so it's a, it's a good uh, good rhythm. Very very cool. Yep, sir. So in the trenches every day, and uh, let's let's talk about kind of what it means to to get out of survival mode. Because right now we're we're in a hot, hot market. Greg, you and I were talking about this before we went live, and uh, and we've got a special kind of a mini episode coming up on a little bit more on how to prepare. And, and what it means to kind of look forward and start predicting what's coming and preparing for it. So, guys, look forward mm-hmm. to that. Um, but, Lars, how do you think about it when you look at the market that we're in right now? How do you help the traditional agent start to lay the foundation for what's coming and getting themselves out of survival mode? Yeah, it's 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 funny because uh, it's it's easy to say, and, and you'll talk to someone you know uh, that's not in real estate, and they'll say, "Oh, you know, real estate must be great now for you." You know, it just must be awesome. Uh, And it's not awesome. Like this kind of market, it sucks for the true 
the the guy or girl that's going to take a true business approach and and go after it like a business, it's tough because everyone has their real estate license again. So that so that that's the first thing. It's it's getting through this really great market so that when a shift comes and it is coming, you know, your position and to take advantage of half of the industry going away again, or at least a third of the industry. So the the advice is get ready to you know do direct response marketing to expireds. You know, make sure you've got your 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 skills where they need to be on calling expireds, uh, circle prospecting. Inventory is just super tight in every market, and uh, and so it's it's being patient in these markets and not throwing money at stuff. What I see is that a lot of agents throw a lot of money at stuff instead of just taking advantage of um, this market to put some cash away because there is that six to twelve month. You know where there's a lot of agents going after less deals, and the and the fallout hasn't happened yet. Um, and so, just just being being a good steward of a good market and not spending all your money and being really disciplined with your cash. So that's just like kind of top top level what comes to mind. You know what I uh, I was talking with, uh, with with somebody not long ago. It's with um, kind of doing a little presentation to my agents, and I said, you know, now's the time where you need to be saving your acorns. You know. We're, uh, we need to be storing those acorns. We need to be stashing them away, um, not only to take advantage of any opportunities um, that may come in a shifting market, but also to um, to lengthen our staying power, um, which is the gap between when the market shifts and when you've set up your systems to be able to go ahead and, and, and normalize your business. You know, like you just said, there's that little period of time, maybe it's a lull, you know, but the acorns that you have kind of stashed it away help you, helps you get through that lull as well as um, helps you, uh, you know, take advantage of any, any opportunities that arise from from uh, other people that haven't stashed their own acorns. So Lars, quick question for you in terms of, especially when you coach clients, how do you help them? And maybe there's a decision-making process that you walk them through, but what, what would you recommend when somebody's looking at, okay, well, I need to set aside, I need to, let's say streamline or just make sure that I'm being very disciplined and intentional with the money that I do spend. But you've got a lot of people that are looking at the market going, look, this is the time to expand. This is the time I'm, I'm trying to double my business. I'm trying to double my team size. I want, I need to generate more leads for these agents. You know, so they're looking at that opportunity going, look, I can grow fast now if I put the pedal to the metal. So how do you put, how do you do that? How do you grow and scale, but still invest very intentionally? I, yeah. So I'm, I'm the guy that, that, uh, advises people sometimes to not grow for growth's sake. So it doesn't mean you can't scale a business in this market. Just make sure you're doing it on the right model. I mean, I know guys that are scaling this market and they have very little money left over. You know, their economic model, their gross margins are all jacked up. They're just spending yeah. more more every month than they should be. And they're doing it, in my opinion, for ego more than anything else. I don't. I think some of that isn't going to stick around if the market shifts. And so I'm, I always track my bottom line versus my, my, my top line. Uh, and that doesn't exactly answer the question. It's <laughs> it's with discipline. It's the truth is it's harder, in my opinion, if you're doing it against a rigorous economic model where money in the bank is the thing you're looking for. It's tougher to attract agents to a team when everyone thinks it's easy to sell homes, you know, and it's, and that's, that's the beauty. Um, I, I almost want to share, if you guys will bear with me for one second, I want to share a, a, a really quick graphic mm-hmm. that, um, and it's not the one that, that I, that I shared initially with you guys. It's, 
I, I, I threw this up at uh, it was the night before I was getting ready to go on stage at, at, at an event of mine. And I'm like, how could I start off the event? Right. We're, we're getting ready for a shift. And so I literally just pulled up the Charlotte real estate market, the number of homes that have sold, you know, in the last 12 or 13 years. And, um, you know, I had my production down down below and the market was dropping off and agents were looking for for a place to go where someone was going to take the risk, where someone had the structure. They needed to be held accountable. They didn't know what to do to generate business. And so I think we're there again. You know, in, in my market, we're down to uh, 20, 19, 20 days, average days on market. We're at two months of inventory, you know, and it's not even it's not even it's not even fun in my market. The, the, everything is, is, is working half as good as it used to. And so I don't know. It's not the answer you were looking for by any means because it's not the sexy answer. Mm-hmm. It's it's just just be patient right now. It's, it's more be patient, get some core systems in place. Like if you're a solo agent, uh, you know, so, so, so to pull this one up, if you're in survival mode, this is 90% of our industry. If you look at uh, survives in start, every agent is getting ready to start and they never get there. Zero to two homes per month. Very few agents sell more than 24 homes a year. We tend to get, get folks in real estate B school when they've, They've kind of figured out some stuff, and it's not based on systems. And so we just sort of help them build a, build the system so they can ramp and scale. They can get to six homes per month and then 12 homes per month. That's that's the thing that you need to get through very quickly because their build phase sucks. You're still in production. You're probably failing with hiring. You're building systems. You know, I did it at 10 p.m. to 2 a.m., three nights a week when your kids are downstairs sleeping. And so to me... And this may be like, you know, everyone's like, oh, I don't like this, uh, this webinar anymore. Uh, it's just like, <laughs> be patient. It's, it's the guy that goes counter to what's going on that's successful. It's I've, I've spent five years being really uh, smart with my cash because I know there's going to be opportunity on the other side of this thing. You know, if, if this extended back 30 years, there would be it would just go, you know, up and down the whole time. And uh, so anyway, th- that's just my two cents on it. It's positioning yourself in a way where get that. Uh, one of the most important things I did when, and, and, I, and I can go back to this, but one of the most important things I did, and it was early on, because I, I came from a corporate background and I had some leverage in corporate. I had a secretary, you know, I, I had um, I had a guy, a kid that worked for me, a, a, a junior engineer, and so I had a, lo- a couple leverage points. Then I got into real estate and I realized that like about 80% of what I did was secretary pay work. And there's nothing wrong with an executive assistant or, or that, that level work. It's just that most of the job is that. And it's, so it's positioning yourself, you know, with a part-time assistant now that could scale to full-time, you know, realize that buyers suck the life out of you and be ready to hire a buyer agent. You know, the first two things we do um, at our undergrad level is make sure someone knows how to hire an assistant and make sure they know how to hire the buyer's agent and hold them accountable. So I don't know if that's helpful. You know, that's the best answer that I can come up with right now. If if you're patient over the next 12 to 24 months, you're going to see the market shift, get through that six to 12 months of just everyone go out going after fewer deals. And then you're going to have talent, you know, because you're going to weather that storm, like, like Greg said, and um, you've got acorns stashed and very few will do it. It's the tough road, you know, because you've got these teams that are selling, you know, a billion homes a year and, 
you know, if you really pull back the curtains, you know, what, what's it based off of? Is, is it a brokerage? Is it a team? Nothing wrong with either, but you know, what's, what's their model? Just, you know, but anyway, that's, that's kind of what comes to mind. I want to add, just kind of add on to, and, and um, you know, I just put down in my notes as I often take notes while I'm doing a, you know, on these podcasts and I wrote down, you know, when it comes to the next market uh, versus this market, I wrote down here, the type of activities practically stay the same. The results of those activities, we'll call them whatever ratios. Let's just assume that you're doing some direct uh, you know, response marketing and you're sending this much out and you're used to this much, this ratio coming back in, whatever that is. Then the activity, you're not going to stop that activity, but the ratios may differ. And then, so it starts with the activities the same, the ratios are different, and when you notice the new ratios, then you address, adjust the activity, not change the activity, you adjust the activity to go ahead and make sure that your ratios can still help, can, can, can adjust to help you get to that desired goal. You know, I love that graph of like the time where the market was there and you're, you're, you're actually trending up. And I'm fortunate to say I had a very uh, a similar experience as you have. And, and as you're speaking, I'm like, okay, well, what did I do different when the market dipped? Well, I did the same activities, but when I looked at some, the same activities didn't give me the same result. So I had to a lot of times do a lot more of the activity. Um, and then I got my desired result. But what's interesting is it just the activity didn't really change. You know, yeah. and it's a really um, good point. And, please. Yeah. And I was going to say the same goes for inbound versus outbound. You know, I mean, yes. all your marketing efforts are are more diluted and your your outbound. It's the same. Like, what else are you going to do? I mean, what other outbound strategies are there except, you know, kind of calling people and getting really good at it? And, yeah, uh, so when, you got- know, I, I was a big outbound guy, and so if if I knew that at one market the um, it took you know uh, let's just make up a number twenty contacts to to set an appointment, and then all of a sudden the market dips, and now it's taken me uh, forty contacts to set an appointment. Well, hey, I know what it's going to take to set an appointment. I just have to actually invest a little bit more time in the same activity, but I that doesn't mean my number of appointments taken decreases my listing don't have to decrease. My sales don't have to decrease. I just have to address just the amount of, of, of time that I'm spending in the same activity I was already doing. That, that's right. And, and yeah, and, and just by definition of a shifting market, you know, there's half the agents going after double the amount of expires. So you're, you know, now is the toughest time. There's, there's not a lot of expires and there's a ton of agents calling them. And it's it's just having some discipline around, you know, paying attention to the market. And and I think we're glossing over something. You, you take two guys that, you know, before we went live, we jokingly, I heard Greg say, you know, I'm the guy that kind of likes to be, you know, not around as, as many people and more kind of in the, the Wizard of Oz type thing. And that's that's exactly as, as I've described myself. You know, it's that I, I kind of I can get it done. I know what I need to do. I can. um and uh, we're kind of glossing over the fact that we, we track our numbers because that's the way we're wired. And most agents have no clue. You know, they're successful in this market just because a bunch of their friends are are doing transactions. And it's not even that they're they have a touch program to motivate their friends to do things. And so the market shifts and they have not a single system. They don't know. 
they don't even know what a meaningful conversation equals a contact is, and they're not tracking it. And so it's like, get the systems in place now. I mean, they're simple. We, we use a business tracker that, you know, it tracks all of those things for everyone on your team daily, and it reports the numbers out to the team daily. And if you're not doing that, 0% chance that you could, you know, scale outside of yourself. And then the same year you have this year, you know, maybe you have the same year next year, maybe the market goes down and you get scared and you, you quit the business. So just kind of taking that business approach. So I just want to make sure everyone didn't miss the conversation around. We can't even assume that everybody that has an entrepreneurial mindset, there are entrepreneurs that are in our industry that don't know even what to track, you know, and it's, so it's kind of starting at the basics in a lot of instances. It's surprising how many people get into real estate and not realize that it's a new business development game, you know, and unless you're willing to make a, have a hundred meaningful conversations every week at a minimum, you're not going to scale. You know, it's just that if you're leaving at four o'clock to go home and you haven't had 20, 25, 30 conversations, especially with the technology now, you know, you're kind of, kind of missing the boat. It's a great point. I'm glad you kind of emphasized that because I think, uh, you know, if, if I, um, based on what you just said, you know, if I was talking to somebody and they say, hey, what's one of the things that I need to start doing now um, in order to prepare for the next market? I'd say you probably need to know what your numbers are now. So then from every month, as you start looking at your numbers, you're actually going to see in your own numbers you're going to when you start to see that your ratios are shifting, that's probably an indication that the market's actually shifting. So you can sometimes see it faster in your numbers than you can see it in the economic numbers that will be published by any economist or news channels and whatnot. You should actually see it in your numbers. I've always said approximately six months before the market starts to figure it out. But if you don't have your numbers you're actually not going to see that. You're going to you're going to be getting the news at the same time the public's getting the news, which is a little too late. And uh, um, and so for someone that has the entrepreneurial mind that's solo now, um, I come into contact with teams doing. I'm coaching a team right now that'll do six million GCI this year. Very profitable. They don't track a single number in their business. Nothing wrong with it. Good, bad, or indifferent. Uh, and if you're a solo agent and you have the opportunity to set up a business structure that just involves you and maybe a part-time admin, your ability to bring that first agent on and say, hey, listen, this is how we do things. These are my numbers. And you could lead by example. And every day you're in there in the trenches with them. It's that whole abdication thing. You know, when I go into a, a, a million and a half GCI team and they don't have any of that structure set up. It's like pulling teeth to get their agents to do it because that, that's not how we do things around here. We don't need to know our numbers. You know, there's just so much, you know, low-hanging fruit or there's so many bits of food that drop away from the team leader that we're able to pick them up and sell them. And so uh, it's, the, you know, it's just so, so if you're not doing these things, it's not to make you feel bad. If you've got the entrepreneurial mindset that this podcast is based on, just know that there's, there's only six numbers you need to track every day. It's not, it's not that complicated. That and you can do it on six. paper. Go ahead and tell us. The yeah, six so numbers. it's yeah, it's uh, well, it depends on how far you go back. It's it's dials, so it's it's how you know it's 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 laser focused outbound prospecting, even if it's to a lead you generate. So it's dials, uh, it's contacts equals meaning for conversations. Uh, it's the amount of time you spend doing it. So we have technology that tracks exact talk time and getting that talk time as high as possible in the time you can dedicate to it. Uh, it is nurtures. So someone that said, yeah, not ready for the appointment, put, put me in a database and you get permission 
to follow up with them and then it's listing appointment set fire appointment set and so some version of that you know and if you're running a high level team then you've got to track beyond that they're really lagging indicators you know most team owners track like the money in the bank which is like the most lagging indicator you could possibly yeah. track in your business. I actually wanted to, to, to point that out for the audience. I, I want you to listen to what Lars just said. He did not tell you, even though he may tell you, you know, later on after a, an extensive conversation that you have to kind of track everything. But his six numbers that he said were all based on a pro, the process of creating a result. He did not tell you to your six most important numbers are the result. And that's so important. Like everyone can tell you, you know, or most people can say how many, uh, how, how, how many sales they had last month. But do they know how many contacts that they had three months prior to last month, which resulted in the inventory that they actually got that resulted in the pendings that eventually closed last month. People don't know that number. And that's the number that you can scale your business, whether you're a solopreneur or you're actually running a team. Though it's the six numbers that he said, the process, those are the numbers that we really got to focus on. It's kind of, you know, I'm going to say this, and I know you're going to take it the right way because I'm going to say this about myself. You're very boring, Lars. Like, you're too, like, this is too logical, right? <laughs> like, and and um, I kind of look at myself as the same way. It's like you just gave us the most boring six numbers to track when everybody else wants to track the real sexy numbers, Right. And I and I, I'm interrupting the podcast right now to really show my appreciation for that bit of content that you're offering to this audience, because I'm telling you, that is really, really important. So it's the best compliment I can give you is to say that you're practically yeah. boring. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I appreciate it. We actually joke. So in in a in an industry that uh, wants rock concerts and French yeah. fries. We are uh, real estate. B school is like salad and you know enemas. Like we we are we are the thing that you really don't want, but you need. Like you don't want it, but you need it. And it doesn't it doesn't yeah. feel good. It doesn't taste good. Um, and after you do it for a while, you'll appreciate it because the results are. You know, you want a consistent way to make money and not be impacted by. You know, it, are my friends going to call me today? You know. That's the entire business. And it's, it's not, it is such a broken. And the reason I love real estate is because it's completely broken. So I don't necessarily want the whole industry to fix overnight, you know, um, but it's so jacked up so and broken. True. And there's, and, and there's an increasing segment, you know, which is why I appreciate what you guys are doing here is that there's an increasing segment of really smart guys and girls that are coming into real estate and they have the business owner mindset They've got to struggle with through the production to make some cash to bridge from their last job into into you know making a living. And if they just had the next step, if they just had the the the, the sequential sort of things to do to scale, um, they could be super successful. So I, I appreciate you guys taking this approach and bringing this to the forefront. You know that it's still an amazing industry because of these little mini monopolies with these MLSs. It's still an amazing industry to take advantage of, serve buyers and uh, sellers at a higher level and do it with margin where you don't have to go show every home or, or go out and, 
you know, on every listing appointment and you could, and there's still the margin to do it better than a traditional agent and not have to do all the production yourself. It's still a cool opportunity. That's cool. 100%. Matt, I, I, I want to change directions real quick because I think that we threw out – he threw out the term out first. I kind of piggybacked and used it, but I, I, I don't hear um, this talked about enough, and that is can you tell us a little bit more, Lars, about direct response marketing? You know, I've heard a lot about direct response marketing in plenty of other industries, but I really rarely hear it talked about in the real estate industry. So I'd, I'd love for you to just kind of educate the audience on, on, on that and give us your take on that. And, and start at A, you know, kind of give us a little brief understanding of what is it. Yeah, so um, when I first got into the industry, I had this like keen awareness and I'm not wise in a lot of things, but this feels like a bit of wisdom for my first two or three years is that I wasn't going to do like, there was a lot of agents. I was new to the business. I wasn't going to go out and try to make a name for myself. Like I just didn't, I didn't worry about it. Image advertising wasn't a thing that I did. Um, I got hooked up with Dan Kennedy really early on. And so it was just kind of reading, you know, direct marketing for non direct response business or, or you know, offline businesses. Uh, I picked up his time management for entrepreneurs uh, book, which was profound and life-changing. And so I kind of got in that world and it's none of it's sexy. It's the ugliest ads you can run. You know, there's always a clear offer. There's always a clear call to action. And that's basically direct response. What's the thing I can say? Um, at the time, it was Craigslist. You know, Craigslist at that time had clickable images. You know, there's some cooler things you could put hyperlinks in, into. You know, at the time where the market's declining, what are the offers I can make that would appeal to? At that time, I I, I committed just to working buyers, and it's backwards from the way uh, people do it now. Um, but probably for a couple of years, all I did was buyer lead gen. I got really good at a single script. Got really good at the organizing and lead management, lead follow up, the systems around that. Uh, and just getting someone to to read a thing and to have a clear call to action and, and, and an offer that excites them to take action. And that's direct response. So it's not, you know, it's a difference on a Facebook ad, you know, putting a, a really glamorous photo of yourself and saying, hey, I'm 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 a, a top agent, you know, click here versus, you know, let 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 me give you this free report that will show you how to make you know, $20,000 when you sell your home. And the fact that, that that I'm behind it is, is, is almost secondary, you know, versus everyone is just saying, you know, Hey, I'm the agent you want to use. And there's just too many of us to do that. So it's just having a clear thing that they want. And for me, it was part of a scripting too, back in, in, in that time, you know, it was, you know, would you be interested in builder closeouts, you know, vacant homes, short sales, foreclosures, you know, would that be of interest to you when I'm on the phone with somebody? And they would always say yes. And they said, okay, well, when's a good time we can sit down? You know, and then they, then you know they have the objections and there's only three objections and you handle each three of them and you get them to meet, they sign up, you know. Yeah, so there's just a, a process that you go through. Um, and I, I committed to not doing image advertising. And even when I made the shift to radio and some mass media, it was a very specific, you know, universal selling proposition you know, uh, an offer that they couldn't resist and a specific call to action, a website to go to for a free, free home equity audit or, you know, something we can make something sound sexier than it actually is mm -hmm. uh, backstage pass to the MLS, which is just, you know, at the time there wasn't, you know, 12 boomtown competitors. 
you know, right. There was, there was like realty generator and boomtown was the number two. Now there's like a hundred of them, you know? So, yeah. So hopefully that, 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 that's helpful and it still works. You know, we still do, we outbound a uh, dial and we also do inbound marketing to expired FISBOs and, and a farm. And I think last month we had 86 expireds call us with an average talk time of 4.6 minutes, which is really high with expires. It's higher than our outbound talk time with expires. And so, and that's just through through a couple, one one technology um, and, and a couple, uh, a, a letter sequence that we do that works really well, you know, and, and it's going to work even better a year from now when there's triple the amount of expires or double the amount of expires. Yeah, it's cool. So, you know, I've always thought, you know, I wouldn't say most recently, uh, I haven't had these thoughts, but, you know, years ago when I always heard of direct market uh, or direct response marketing, it was all always mailers. And um, and I think and, and mailers is still important today. Um, but I think what you it sounds like what you're doing is you're also understanding how to utilize that technology or that 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 strategy by leveraging technology, whether it be social media, but it also sounds like it's become a language of yours where it's like there's the, the you know, you, you know, the, the way that you speak and the offering that you may make in the, in the actual conversation is almost uh, drawing out that direct response. So that's just kind of things that I'm picking up on uh, as you're, as you're talking. I found that very interesting. Yeah. So, so it's a good point. So it's every text message that we send out, Every email that we send out, every mailer that we send out, every ad, I would, we don't do it. If I were to take an ad out in the newspaper, it would be direct response. Our radio okay. ads are direct response. Our conversations with prospects, once we get them on the phone, are direct response. So, yeah, so it's, it, it, is, it is a different approach to, to, to business. And I think for anyone starting out, anyone in survival mode, the only way to get to that next level is to take your ego out of it. And realize that they don't respect you. Out of the gate, general consensus of real estate agents is that there's no respect. So as long as you can put that, that's that's the, the the mindset going into a prospecting call. You know, what can I say in this call to compel them to do business with me, or not even do business with me, just take the next step and allow allow me to send them stuff, or allow them, you know, for me to come out to their home, or for them to come into the office for a buyer consult. So it's kind of just kind of chunking it down and getting to the next step. I like it. And, it's, and to your point, Greg, it's done in every industry, you know, and in our industry, it seems like, oh, man, that's like we don't see that a lot. This has been yeah. done. I mean, the, the auto industry, they send out car dealers, send out a gazillion mailers every month, you know, and they have individual tra phone phone tracking numbers um, on each area, on each unique offer. They're split testing. And that's just old school, been around forever. And it still works. There's a guy in my Christian men's group. Uh, who who does uh, direct mail for car dealers. And he said, yeah, there's all these unique tracking codes for the same exact mailer, different tracking codes, slightly different offers, and they're always optimizing and split testing. So it's just taking old school things and, you know, and everyone's focused on social media and they're doing it the wrong way. You know, there's no grab this free report. It's like, I'm the best, you know? Yeah, everyone's, yeah. Uh, you know, touting their, their track record. So it goes back to the activity necessarily doesn't change because what you're talking about is a very old activity but i bet you in different markets the numbers the ratios change and then you make adjustments but you don't abandon the activity you know so i'm yeah. going to just throw it out there for the audience what activity are you engaging in right now 
that you that you need to be tracking your numbers, start tracking them and understand that the numbers tracking is probably going to be the solution to whatever the, the next challenge is in the, in the industry. Really will yeah. be. Really good. All right, guys. Well, let's let's finish up with this. Lars, what's the best way for people to reach out to you and learn about real escape uh, B-School? So probably a couple ways. I mean, there's no uh, – if if this conversation didn't get you excited, you're, you're probably not a great fit for real estate B-School. So I'll say that out of the gate. It's, it's anyone that really has an eye toward building a business, and it's not the traditional, you know, agent, you know, I won't yeah. go into what, what that looks like, but um, there's a couple ways. If you know you want to get on the phone uh, with us and, and get a coaching session, we do free coaching sessions. Go to R-E-B-S, that's Real Estate B-School, R-E-B-S Strategy Session.com. That's probably the most direct way to just have a conversation directly about your business um, or realestatebschool.com. You know, if you want to just get information, jump on our blog, um, links to our YouTube channel. There's a lot of good stuff. A lot of it's completely free, no, no obligation whatsoever. Um, and I'll do one quick plug. We've got a live event coming March 5th and 6th, uh, and it's Revs Live, R-E-B-S Live.com. And I'm covering marketing. I'm doing uh, just my entire marketing playbook, what's working, what's not working, what's still relevant, what's not, what the next three to five years needs to look like in your business to, to weather the storm. So it'll be a really cool event. That's awesome. Where's that That's at? Awesome. Is that in your, is that in Charlotte? San Diego. Yes, we do West oh, Coast, nice. East Coast. We're doing San Diego. Yeah. It'll be a, be a really cool event. Very, very cool. All right. All right. And then uh, Greg, how do people connect up with you? It's, I just, I like to keep it easy. Just uh, reach out to me at, uh, you know, shoot me an email. If you have any questions, I'll, I'll be sure to answer them. Uh, and the email is Greg Harrelson at uh, gmail.com. Right. And then, guys, for the show, you can go to theleveluppodcast.com. You can get all the back episodes there. You can subscribe. There's links to iTunes, YouTube, Stitcher from there, depending on how you want to consume the show, whether it's audio or video or whatever device you've got. That's the best place to connect up. Lars, this has been awesome. Exactly what we had in mind. Very in-depth, super honest, real discussion about what we need to do to get out of survival mode and start preparing for the next market. So we really appreciate your time. Yeah, you guys are doing good work here. Keep it up. All right. Thanks, Lars. And thanks, everybody. We'll see you on the next one.